Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 1, verse 7, and verse 12 through 18, Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, verse 14 through 30, and Psalm 90, verse 1 through 8 and 12. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. I can just imagine Tim in the children's chapel right now. Gather round, little children. Take a seat. I'm going to tell you a story about the end of times. (laughs) It is a story about expectations. It requires a great deal of imagination. For the heaven or the hell that you imagine is likely the one you will encounter And the world you envision is the one you will live in. You all may have heard this story from Jesus described as an economy of virtues. I've heard it that way in the past. God gives us each a spiritual gift. Some people are special so they get more gifts. A very convenient translation for all of the high achievers in the room. Anyway, everyone gets something, and don't worry, God won't give you more than you can handle. But, just like late-stage capitalism, this story doesn't check out. God wants a good return on his investment? Better read up on those self-improvement manuals because Jesus is coming, so you better look busy. The end of that story is some idealized version of streets of gold and gates of pearl, where all the people who annoyed you here on earth are far away. And you can just sit alone in a big white room, eating bonbons, while angels circle round and sing Latin renditions of Toby Keith songs. (laughs) The moral of that story is, use the gifts that God has given you, so you can get that divine pat on the back and hear the words we all long to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Today, I'd like to look at this gospel lesson from a different perspective. I'd like to ask, what if? What if this passage is less about getting what you deserve 
and more about an, un, an impending and uncalendared eschaton that begs us to examine our lives and ask the question, if Jesus stood before me today, would I be ready to give an account for the hope that is within me? Am I ready to be joyful before God and at peace with my neighbor? Am I willing to take risks for unfathomable returns? Or will I go with the first story? Play it safe. Bury what God has so freely bestowed. Bury the gifts of God in the cold, dead ground where, I have been told, nothing can change? Or will I let the gifts of God change me in this life and in the life to come? This type of self-reflection doesn't present itself often in our common culture. Taking a moment to pause and reflect and take stock of where we are at is much less valued in our society than is the mindset of getting ahead. So today's gospel lesson is actually a gift to us. An opportunity to examine what we are doing with God's currency of love and create for ourselves a rule of life that is consistent with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I learned a little bit about rules of life when about five years ago, I took part in a discernment and wellness program for Episcopal clergy called Credo. It's a week-long exploration of several areas of human wellness, including physical health, emotional health, financial health, relational health, and spiritual health. And on the last day of the session, you are asked to take a guided practice, a guided exercise in creating a personal rule of life a set of stepping stones that will guide you toward health and wellness and a closer relationship with God and neighbor. Your rule of life is meant to be written out and spoken aloud. The voicing of a commitment to live your life in a particular way, not unlike our baptismal covenant we say here together in church. A discerning rule of life will acknowledge moments in your past when things were going pretty great, or present times when hope feels lost. It also includes flashes of future where reconciliation and relational thriving replace fear and sloth. 
Five years ago, I sat down to make a rule of life and I asked myself, what am I doing? And what do I wish I were doing? What am I doing and what do I want to be doing? I looked back to see times of great transformation and growth each marked by holy risk and God's holy potential. I took time to lament the gifts that I had buried and did my best to dig them up out of the ground and set them in the light and give them a chance for new life. Here's what I came up with. My personal rule of life that I wrote five years ago and which hangs in two places in my home where I can see it daily. One in my, in my house where I live um, inside the medicine cabinet in the morning when I put on my contacts. And the other is in my office upstairs here at church. They're not nearly as extensive as the rules of life written by saints like Benedict and Francis, but they're meaningful to me, and I wanted to share them with you today. It's portioned into six guiding principles. Number one is slow down. Some of you know I need this. Number two is seek peace. Seek peace. Number three is find joy. Even when the day is terrible and everything is going wrong, number three asks me to find joy. Number four, which might need a bit of explaining, is Pray to the three in one, with one and with three. So some of you know that I have a husband and two little boys at home, my family. So pray to the three in one, the Holy Trinity, with one and with three, reminds me to pray on my own and with my family. Number five is take risks. Take risks. And number six is give generously from a place of gratitude. Number five on my list, take risks, comes from a place of experiential learning. What I have found looking back at my life is the places where I felt most alive, the places where I knew God was right there by my side, the times when the future was pregnant with possibilities. Those were the times in my life where I took risks, where I risked everything to, to see God working in a new way, taking risks. That's what the first two servants in our gospel lesson did today. They risked 
everything that they had and doubled their reward. The talents. Five talents in Jesus' day equates to enough money to fund 75 years of manual labor. 75 years of labor for the servant to whom much was given. Talk about a high-stakes investment. He put it all on the line to gain more. The second did the same. 30 years of manual labor. He could have lost it all, but instead he put it to work and gained even more. After reading the gospel lesson again this week, I was struck by the words of the third servant, the one who lost all that he had been given. After a harsh rebuke of God as the one who reaps what they do not sow and gathers what they did not scatter, the third servant openly admits that he buried the gift in the ground. Good as dead it was. Because, and he says, because I was afraid. Because I was afraid. Afraid to take a chance on God. Afraid to take a chance on himself. Afraid of what he might lose if anything were to change. So he buried it in the ground. In fear. And his fear became the opposite of faith. Because fear leaves us hopeless and unimaginative. Fear robs us of joy and it leaves us with less than we had begun with. Fear is an outer darkness where the children of God weep for deliverance and gnash their teeth with sorrow as shame replaces the truth of our worth. Where disgrace is traded for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fear of the unknown can fuel systems of racism and classism and sexism. Fear tells us that there is not enough while we judge the poor. Fear of change keeps us from learning and growing and trying new things. And Jesus says to us, Fear not. Fear not. I am with you to the age, end of the age. Today's gospel lesson, I think, is about taking risks. Taking risks without fear. It is about finding joy 
in losing ourselves and gaining our whole life. It is about following Jesus into the dangerous work of the gospel and waiting to see at the end of time what a double portion of God's love looks like when we're willing to take the risk.